Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Now, I hope you enjoyed the update I dropped earlier this week, as in yesterday. And it is exciting news. I'll go into a little bit more detail on it now about what Morbidly Beautiful is. Morbidly Beautiful is a horror-centric website. They have tons of authors from all over the world writing all about different aspects of horror, from movies to comics to everything you could ever want. It's a pop culture center for horror, and I'm happy to announce that I have a kind of a partnership with that team over there. As I mentioned in the update, not a whole lot is going to change for you specifically, but it is going to be available to more people now. It's going to be a lot easier for other people to find it, and it's just exciting because I get to share Morbidly Beautiful with you. So if you haven't heard of it before, check out morbidlybeautiful.com. Get ingrained in their culture and really, really enamor yourself with all the fantastic articles and writings that are currently going on there. I'll also be dropping some tidbits on there related to the podcast and the topics I'm talking about on here. There's going to be a little bit of follow-up on there. That's probably going to drop next week. So, in the meantime, be sure to check out morbidlybeautiful.com to get a gist and get an idea for what they're all about. Of course, I want to thank everybody again for listening to everything I've ever put out. If you do like what you hear, be sure to drop a review wherever you listen to your podcast, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're allowed to drop a review. If you ever want to contact me, feel free to do so at my website at horrorshots.com or email at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com or Instagram at horrorshotsphotography, even Twitter at horrorshotspod. I'm on Facebook as well, at Horror Shots. So now on to the cast today. You know, I've been kind of focusing on curses a lot lately, and, you know, they're very exciting, they're very fun to look at, but I wanted to switch things up this week, and I really wanted to get into some more mythological creatures. And I was going to do something completely different than I did today, up until about 20 minutes ago, when I just thought, that's a thing. I don't even know what triggered the thought, but this is the thought. The Thunderbird. It's a Native American icon. Is something that has been kind of worshipped or at least appears in their culture for so long. You may have heard it before, but I'm going to go into some more details. I found a very, very good quote on mythology.net from Dr. Geller, or Professor Geller, I should say. And no, not the guy from Friends. This is his quote, and it really, really strikes me as kind of the overall essence of what the Thunderbird is. The clouds grow dark as a figure in the sky approaches with impressive speed. The bright feathers of this enormous winged creature make for a stark contrast in the sky. It seems to be coasting on the winds above, but with every flap of its wings, the rumbling of thunder can be heard. The people below stare in awe at this mighty protector and enforcer. Behold, the mighty Thunderbird. That in and of itself, sums up what the Thunderbird is. A massive creature that brings rain and 
lightning and thunder and all sorts of incredible natural phenomena. It's no wonder why it's been so appreciated throughout so many cultures. Now, I did mention this was from mythology.net, and that's where a good chunk of this information is going to come from. I have some other sources as well, and I will cite those as I go along. But mythology.net has the Thunderbird as such. The Thunderbird is a mythological character that appears in many Native American legends. From numerous stories of the Thunderbird, it is often assumed that the Thunderbird is a protector or a guardian. Though at times, this creature can be forced to punish those with low moral integrity. So, kind of like a god. If you think of the traditional god, the Christian god, or the monotheistic god, a very nice guy, until you're kind of a dick. And then, well, you get the point. The article continues, There's much curiosity surrounding the existence of the Thunderbird myths. Many would claim that these myths are simply symbolism that is used to explain natural weather phenomena. However, there are stories that have higher hopes. A small section of pseudoscientists believe that the Thunderbird could have been a pterodactyl that managed to survive longer than thought possible, or another form of megafauna. Some with this belief are of the opinion that the Thunderbird may be a cryptid instead of a mythological creature, though this is unlikely. We know from legend that the Thunderbird is an enormous creature, and it would be unlikely for them to have survived this long away from the public eye. Now, the Thunderbird, according to lore, according to many legends, the Thunderbird is so large that one feather from their wingspan would have to be folded in half to properly fit into a quiver. Additionally, these creatures were so large and mighty that they could easily carry a whale in their talons. Because of this, many scholars find it unlikely that the Thunderbird could exist in modern day without being seen. Of course, with the advent of satellites and all sorts of geolocation sort of equipment out there, it would be very difficult for something like this to hide. Unlike something like Bigfoot that has canopies of trees and vast swaths of forests for it to kind of take cover in, this is a flying creature that can carry a whale. It's more or less a spaceship. It'd be very difficult for it to not be found which gives it the legend status over the cryptid status. In spite of these things, the Thunderbird continues to be a point of fascination for all. The Thunderbird appears to be a creature of extreme intelligence and intrigue. There are many stories that tell of the Thunderbird in Native American legends, which make the creature appear to be one of the key deities in their beliefs. The Thunderbird is a mysterious creature in that it is not merely a protector, but is also seen as an enforcer of morality, one that should never be angered. Again, a parallel with a god, or a deity. Many legends reference the anger of the Thunderbirds as something fearsome to behold, and that should be avoided at all costs. The Thunderbird is known to have harsh punishments for people who have done wrong, and is even said to have turned an entire village to stone for their wrongdoings. The Thunderbird was known to give life by nurturing the life forms of Earth and giving them necessary rains to survive. However, these creatures could also destroy the Earth with winds, floods, droughts, and fire caused by lightning. The Thunderbird is thought to be the physical embodiment of the elements as well as a noble spirit that would protect humans from evil spirits. There are some legends that claim the Thunderbird may have even been a distant ancestor to the human race. 
even back then, people were kind of thinking about evolution. The native tribes and the aboriginal beliefs even state, even slightly, hint at the idea of evolution. Even they weren't convinced that we were created from nothing. Not completely. But where does the Thunderbird myth come from? What are the origins of this legend? Well, the Thunderbird myth is very widespread throughout America and Canada. There are also records of similar creatures in Europe, Asia, and Africa. And depending on whose version of the myth is being told, the Thunderbird can be a single entity or constitute a whole race or tribe of people. Some cultures even believe the mighty creature may have married into human families and have offspring that can be tracked back to this today. Many legends suggest that the Thunderbird had the ability to shapeshift into human form. They supposedly did this by removing their feathers, which could be put on and taken off like a blanket, and tipping their beaks over their heads, similar to the way one might wear a mask. When this was done, a Thunderbird could walk amongst the humans without drawing attention. All that needed to be done for them to transform again was to pull their beaks and put on their feathers. Interesting. That does kind of give contradicting results, or stories if you will. Some say that it is large enough to carry a whale in its talons and that its feathers need to be folded in order to fit in any sort of quiver or bag, but it can also walk amongst humans. So it must depend on which tribe we're talking about. Many different Native American tribes believed in this creature, but not necessarily the same form. So we're going to get into that just right now, actually. The Thunderbird of the Menominee people, and according to these peoples, the tribe, the Thunderbirds live on an enormous mountain that floats in the sky. These magical creatures are known to control the elements, such as rain and hail, and sometimes watch the happenings of human life. They're said to find great pleasure in fighting and the accomplishments of impressive feats. These Thunderbirds are known to be enemies of the Misikinibik, or the Great Horned Snake, and are the reason mankind has not been devoured or overrun, and there's the protection angle again. The Menominee Thunderbirds are also known to be messengers of the Great Sun and were highly respected by these peoples. Now the Thunderbirds of the Ojibwe tribe... Now, the Ojibwe legends of the Thunderbird claim that this creature was created by Nanabozo, one of the creature's hero figures, in order to protect people from the evil underwater spirits. They live in the four directions and migrated to the land of the Ojibwe during the spring with the other birds. During this time, they fought the underwater spirits. They stayed until the fall, when most of the dangerous seasons for the underwater spirits had passed. In the fall, they migrated south with the other birds. The Ojibwe Thunderbird legends also suggest that these creatures are responsible for punishing humans who broke moral rules, and the anger of the Thunderbird is known to be extreme. This would have been great incentive to maintain good moral conduct. And again, that's an overarching theme of religion in general. Is it not? Do good or you will go to hell. Do good or you'll be punished in the next life. It's all about trying to keep people moral. I don't know if it works. I mean, I'm not particularly religious, but I don't find myself to be an immoral person, but I, that is a podcast for another day, one that I may not ever touch. The Thunderbird of the Winnebago peoples. The Thunderbird of the Winnebago peoples suggests that this creature also had the power to grant people great abilities. Their traditions dictate that any man who has a vision of the Thunderbird during a fast will one day 
become a mighty war chief, the Thunderbird of the Sioux peoples. Sioux legends claim that the Thunderbird was a noble creature that protected humans from Uncatila during the old times. The Uncatila were said to be extremely dangerous reptilian monsters, and without the help of the Thunderbird, it is uncertain if man would have been able to overcome these creatures alone. Once again, the protection angle comes in, the enforcer, the protector, the guardian of mankind. Now the Thunderbird of the Arapao peoples. Arapao mythology sees the Thunderbird as a summer creature, as did many tribes of the Great Plains. According to their legends, the Thunderbird was an opposing force to the White Owl, the creature that represented winter. Thunderbirds of the Algonquin peoples. The Algonquin peoples have had a deep reverence for the Thunderbird in their culture. According to their legends, Thunderbirds were ancestors of the human race. Their stories often tell of the Thunderbird's part in the creation of the universe. According to their myths, the Thunderbird ruled over the upper world, and the Great Horned Serpent ruled over the underworld. Thunderbirds protected humans from the Great Horned Serpent and its followers by throwing lightning at the underwater creatures. The Thunderbird of the Shawnee Peoples Like many other tribes, the Shawnee people also believe the Thunderbird could change its appearance in order it to interact with human people. Their beliefs, however, detail that Thunderbirds appeared as boys and could be identified by their tendency to speak backwards. Tongues, anybody? Maybe that's where that whole theory came from. With possession, this Thunderbird takes the form of a human, in this case a boy, but has a tendency to speak backwards. Every Exorcist movie and documentary I've ever seen has the possessed person speaking backwards or in tongues. Coincidence? I'll leave that one to you. The physical appearance of the Thunderbird is considered to be a mighty creature of enormous size, except when it takes the form of a human I'm imagining. They're often depicted as being a fantastic size that is difficult to comprehend. A single feather from the Thunderbird's wingspan is said to be so large that it would need to be folded in half to fit in a quiver. I mentioned that before. It is often said that the Thunderbird is able to pick up whales with its talons and other large land mammals as well. The frequency with which whales are mentioned in these legends may suggest that the whales were a favorite food of the hungry Thunderbird. It makes sense. Whales have a lot of mass. <laughs> There's not much else to really say about that. Thunderbirds were also known to have very bright and colorful feathers that were pleasing to look at. Each flap of their wings allowed them to cover great distances and caused mighty thundering sounds, which likely inspired their name. These creatures were also known to have teeth and claws. Though this was often an imposing sight, is also seen as a comfort, because the Thunderbird was known to be a great protector. Makes sense again, having these talons and teeth give it the ability to fight. They're kind of like weapons. Varying legends tend to differ at this point when it comes to storytelling, however. There's some say that the Thunderbird carried lakes of water upon its back. Those who tell this version of the story say that this is where the rains that nourished the lands came from. Interesting. There are also stories that suggest the Thunderbird had another face in the middle of its chest. There are several variations of this part of the myth. It is uncertain if the face is avian-like or if the face that was seen was a misidentification of two snakes that the Thunderbird was carrying with it. 
Most versions that claim the Thunderbird carries snakes with it also claim that these snakes were responsible for the lightning bolts that filled the sky upon the great bird's arrival. Other versions of the Thunderbird myth disagree. It is their opinion that the Thunderbird was able to create lightning by simply blinking its eyes. Now there's some other stories and myths to go along with this, such as its ability to turn people into stone, or the fights with other creatures, other whales, other mythological entities. But I don't believe I'm going to get into that today. I think I'm going to save this for next week. There's a ton of great little stories in here that I kind of want to get to, but I don't want this podcast to run too long. It looks like it'll take another 20 or 30 minutes to get all this in. So until next week, I'm actually going to have something for you to look forward to as opposed to just a cliffhanger with me saying, until next week. No, today is going to be with looking forward to some Thunderbird stories. Should be exciting. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, next week may be a little bit different. There may be a sponsorship at the beginning. It may not take place next week. It may be the week after. Regardless, it's going to be a very exciting time for the Horror Shots podcast. I do also want to mention one last thing before I go, and that has to do with Scaracon. Now, what's Scaracon, you may ask? Well, if you've been following any of my social media lately, I've mentioned that I've been nominated for an award at Scaracon. It's their first ever podcast award. It takes place in a couple of weeks in the first or second week of June. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make it down to the States where it's being held, and I believe it's Massachusetts. But I very much encourage you to check out what they got going on. They have some great guests. They have Elvira going for some photo ops. They have the guy who played Art the Clown in Terrifier going to be there too so there's going to be plenty of photo ops go check it out go find some new podcasts while you're there there's going to be a whole lot of different podcasters there this whole con seems to be very podcast friendly which i really really appreciate and i've been nominated for best podcast host which is very exciting very exciting i may not sound super excited but that's just me i don't get uh (laughs) my emotions don't range from much anymore but that's okay i'm really excited And I'm just honored to be nominated. I don't know how it happened. I don't know who sent a nomination in or if they found it themselves. Either way, I'm super excited for that. As well as you can look forward to hearing from Jesse in a couple of weeks. And if you don't remember Jesse, I did an interview with him a few months back about his horror convention taking place in Niagara Falls. And that's Fresh Kills Con of which I will be attending as sort of a media liaison, I guess you could call it. not sure if that's a proper term, but I'll be there in a media sense covering the event, and you'll get more information on that as the weeks come closer to that. That takes place in July, but again, you'll get more information when I have Jesse back on the program. So until next week, when I cover some more Thunderbird stories.